Welcome back to the Indiana Basketball Source Podcast. I'm Trevor Andershock. We're going to be joined by Jeff Shanley once again today to recap the regional action and go through the semi-state games. Um, at this time, let's go ahead and bring in Jeff the Shark. Shane. How's it going, Trevor? Excited to get this underway. All right, let's just jump into the regional games from last week. Uh, let's go ahead and start at 4A level there, Shark, at uh, Michigan City Regional. Yeah, Penn taking down Chesterton by seven. Slightly controversial. Um, uh, a technical foul kind of swung the momentum uh, towards the Kingsmen at the end in that first game. Then Northridge taking out Munster by nine in the second game, setting up a Penn-Northridge championship game. Trevor, you were there to watch it. Uh, late Drew Lutz winner uh, brings home the crown for Penn. Yeah, just an insane game from start to finish. Action really never stopped. First quarter, I believe there were nine threes hit between the two teams. 24-21 first quarter, just fantastic action from both teams. Uh, from start to finish, it was a fun game to watch. There was really no time to take a breath throughout with those teams going at each other. Um, and then, like you said, Drew Lutz had the game winner with uh, 5.4 seconds left. Uh, took it the length of the court, got all the way to the basket, avoided the defender and scored to put him up two there, Shark. But, um, just a fantastic, fantastic basketball game. So Penn taking away one regional crown at Michigan City, the other Northern 4A regional, Carmel, coming back down eight at halftime to pull away, winning by 16 against Fort Wayne Northrop, then Zionsville taking out Huntington North 52-41. to Carmel, with their second win over Zionsville in the year, defeated them by five in the season over opener win by 14 here against Zionsville. Um, the Greyhounds moving on to semi-state. Yeah, we both picked Carmel to uh, win this one, Shark, but it probably was not the way we expected it with Northrop starting out with a lead at uh, with halftime. Yeah, 24-16 to 16 lead at halftime. Kind of interesting. I did not expect uh, Northrop to away but then you look at it a uh, 42 to 18 advantage in the second half uh, maybe some some extra sleep was gotten by the Greyhounds on the bus ride up to Logansport uh, took them a little bit to wake up but 4A's number one team moving on uh, from Logansport then obviously they they beat Zionsville in that championship game and in Isaiah Thompson's career the Purdue signing that rivalry seems like it's always close, and then Carmel pulls away late, uh, pulling out there. Sure. Yeah, I just think just a little too much, a little too many weapons for for Carmel, a little too much size against them, and they seem you know able to exploit the Zionsville zone, not only hitting threes from the outside, but uh, being able to establish uh, post presence inside against the zone, which not a lot of teams can do. That's really what makes them so dangerous. Is they have a bunch of guys who can hit threes, and then you have a high major uh, 6'10 post player on the block that you can throw it to as well. Yeah, and then you saw probably the biggest upset of the day, I would say, with Ben Davis beating LC over at Southport. Yeah, I was there at Southport in the morning. Um, new pal taking out Avon uh, in the first game. A really balanced effort from New Pal in that game. Really overcoming Avon's spectacular performance from sophomore Jaden Brewer. 24 points, 6 rebounds, 7 steals, 2 blocks. The 6-4 lefty was just everywhere for Avon in that first game. They just Unfortunately, didn't get a whole lot of help. Uh, Mason Miller, who hit seven threes in their sectional title win, uh, went scoreless in that game. Uh, some other uh, performances from Avon, uh, maybe not what they needed. And then, uh, like you mentioned, Ben Davis, uh, not many people picking them to beat LC. LC had kind of been on a roll the last month of the year. Really, Ben Davis did what we thought they would do. Wyndham and Dewan Jones combining for 50 of their 75. 
Elsie, kind of uncharacteristic, just three points from their leading scorer, Jake LaRavia. Nigel Pack had 17, but uh, a bunch of those came in the last five minutes when they were trailing and kind of needed buckets really quick. So, yeah, big, big upset. Um, maybe not a big upset, but definitely an unexpected one. And then Ben Davis uh, relies on Dewan Jones to get past New Pal 53 to 47 um, in the championship game at Southport. What did you like from uh, New Pal in that game against Avon? Um, you know, New Pal really seemed to struggle against Avon's one three one zone. Um, just the length that Avon was able to put out there at a bunch of different positions. But as soon as they went man, Avon had to go uh, switch it up a little bit in the fourth quarter, trying to come back. As soon as they went man, Max Gizzy's eyes just lit up. He was able to get wherever he wanted off the dribble, um, hit a couple big buckets there. He hit a pull-up from the elbow um, to put them up to going into halftime and kind of uh, gave them a little jolt after Avon had cut a nine-point lead after one um, back to tie the game. And then Dawson uh, East is the junior forward for them. Uh, really can do a lot of different things on the court. He's 6'5", can step out, hit shots, take people people off the dribble. He was really good and had 20 points in that matchup. All right, and then uh, a little further south. Didn't quite work out the way either of us expected. We thought the winner would come from that Bloomington-South Jeffersonville game, but instead, Trace Jackson Davis puts on a Mr. Basketball-like performance and leads the Trojans to the victory there, Shark. Yeah, we both were on board with Center Grove taking out Jasper. Jasper, the surprise sectional winner in 4A, that Evansville area sectional. Uh, we both figured Center Grove would take care of them pretty easily. Uh, you had Jeffersonville and I had Bloomington South winning the whole regional down there. Uh, Bloomington South came away from that semifinal game 68-52 to um, against Jeffersonville. I really like the Panthers' chances against Center Grove. I thought their guards were a lot better, um, but as you said, Trace Jackson Davis putting a stranglehold on the Mr. Basketball Award, uh, nearly outscoring Bloomington South by himself as he drops 40 of Center Grove's 64 points as the Trojans win 64-41. to 41. Um, Unexpected in my eyes, I know, but it seems like Trace has just been carrying them this whole postseason. Especially after that sectional final where he scored 25 of the 29 points for Center Grove, and then they scored 40 in the regional championship. Um, obviously, they need him to do that, and then it kind of opens things up for the other guys to hit shots around him. So just fantastic to see him raise his game to even another level here in the postseason. But like you said, it probably seals up the uh, Mr. Bass basketball award for him with that regional performance. So those are our four uh, regional winners in 4A, Penn, Carmel, Ben Davis, and Center Grove. Three of those teams from the Mick Conference. Yeah, let's go through those matchups. Let's go with uh, Penn versus Carmel first shark. Uh, obviously, two senior-driven teams here. What do you think is going to be the uh, key for the winner out of this game? Um, I think if Penn's got to have a chance, I think Drew Lutz really has to control the game from his point guard spot. Uh, he's got to be able to dictate uh, tempo, dictate who gets shots on Penn, um, do a good job on the defensive end. He's got to go for 25 himself, I think. Um, I just think Carmel overall has too many weapons. You see Carson Winland, the senior guard, really playing well. He had a great regional there at Logansport. Andrew Owens can hit shots. Luke Hetty's obviously a three-year starter at the point guard spot. And then John Michael Malloy inside. I just think there's too many weapons for, for Penn to overcome. Yeah. For me, I think it comes down to you know, those secondary players, or Penn having like Bo Ludwig step up, hit a bunch of threes, 
or uh, for Carmel having Andrew Owens having another big game like he did in the regional. I think that's what kind of decides it because you know what you're going to get from you know Noah Applegate and Lutz for Penn. Who's that other guy that's going to make a big play here or there for Penn or Sharkdown? But overall, yeah, two pretty similar teams. I just think Carmel has the, the talent advantage a little bit over Penn, so I'm going to take Carmel to uh, come out of the 4A North. Not much there. I can disagree with Trevor. I'm going to go with the Greyhounds as well. Um, they're number one in the state for a reason, and uh, they want to get back after losing last year's state title game. Um, they want to get back there and get some redemption for them. So uh, both of us taking Carmel out of the north. In the south, Ben Davis and Center Grove. Uh, Center Grove won this game in the regular season. Interesting matchup here of two of the best bigs in the state, Dewan Jones and Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, the two premier bigs, really, and the most dominant, that's for sure, because Dewan Jones has not been able to be stopped all year, and Trace obviously does pretty much, you know, everything for center group. He creates everything. So that will be a fun matchup. I think Trace has the size and athleticism to match up Will well with Dewan, can handle him one-on-one. Um, so that will allow Center Grove to stay with Jalen Windham, not allow him space to get a shot off. Um, for that reason, I think I'm going to go with Center Grove to uh, beat Ben Davis and get Sharks. The thing is, you say that Center Grove is not going to allow Jalen Windham space to get the shot off, but I don't think Jalen Windham cares if he has space to get a shot off. Some of the threes he hit um, in that Lawrence Central game, defenders draped all over him. Um, there's not really a shot that he can't make. and He's going to have a size advantage on the perimeter over some of uh, some of the guards that Center Grove puts out there to be able to kind of shoot over them. Um, if don't he, let him catch it, Shark. Uh, I don't think that's going to be... An issue because he's, you know, he's able to post up a little bit too. I saw that from his game um, against LC. Did that a few times. Hit a couple baseline jumpers. It's definitely going to be interesting though. What's Don Carlisle's plan for Trace Jackson Davis? You know, he's not a he's not an outside shooter, so it's not like Dewan has to go out to the perimeter to get him. Um, but Dewan's going to be facing a big quickness and athleticism advantage here. So. It's going to be interesting to see what Ben Davis does if they try to double trace and make those other guys for center group. Yeah, I think they're at least going to bring help. Uh, I don't know how often they'll do a true double team because you don't see Center Grove just dumping into the post very often, usually off feeds or rebounds or just transition pushing and getting trades. So it'll be interesting to see if Dwan goes outside the restricted area at all against Trace, see if he just lets him come to him. And that might be able to keep Dwan out of foul trouble like you were talking about. But hopefully neither one of those guys gets any cheap fouls. Let yeah. him really play it out there. Yeah, and that's... That's something where, you know, if one of them can get the other into foul trouble, that's going to be a big swing in this game. Uh, because, like you said, both of those guys kind of dictate how their teams are going to play. Yeah. So who are you uh, Who are you going to take in this south semi-state between Ben Davis and Center Grove? Uh, I already said I'm taking Center Grove. And I will, I'm going to go with Ben Davis. I think uh, the Wyndham-Jones combination, just a little, little much uh, for them, so... Uh, those are our 4A picks. Moving on to 3A, the South Bend Washington Regional Culver Academy uh, taking care of business against Hanover Central, 55 to 37 in one semifinal. Hammond destroying West Lafayette, 64 to 40 in the other semifinal. Then Culver uh, playing as well as any team in the state, 62 to 41 winners over Hammond in the championship. Yeah, I think the only surprise in this one was West Lafayette getting beat so badly by Hammond. It seemed like West Lafayette had kind of turned a corner there, winning the sectional beat uh, Northwestern. Um, and they just have so much size. I thought that would give uh, the quick Hammond squad a 
some trouble, but obviously it did not. Um, and then, like you said, Calder, just so good right now. It's going to be tough to beat them um, with any team right now. And really liked how Ethan Brenton Watts has stepped up in his senior year, shooting it really well. And he's kind of added a new dimension to Culver when he's clicking right. Culver's only lost once since um, the middle of December, and that was a one-point loss in overtime to La Lumiere, who's just the number one high school team in the country with Keon Brooks and Isaiah Stewart. So, yeah, nothing to be ashamed about by losing to that group. Um, and they've been here before. They won 3A last year. A lot of those guys are back. Ethan Britton watch. Trey Galloway's really kind of had a sluggish start to his junior year, but has really been kind of the catalyst, I think, behind their second half of the year surge. So Deontay Craig kind of doing the dirty work inside for him, too. So Culver Academy comes away the winner out of South Bend, Washington. They will face the winner of the Marion Regional. Um, the host Giants took out Angola 59-38 to in the first semifinal. Then Delta, undefeated on the year, um, blows out Tippecanoe Valley 54-28. to Setting up one of the best matchups, I think, in all the regional title games. Marion against Delta. The Giants coming away a 55, or I'm sorry, 45 to 39 win over Delta. Yeah, that was the first loss of the season for Delta. Um, I was surprised by the score in Marion's advantage. I figured if it was going to be 45 39, Delta would like that game. Um, Josh Bryan had a fantastic senior year for Delta, leading them to a 26-0 record before uh, the regional there. But Marion with Jalen Blackman, J.K. Thomas, Rasheed Jones, and that group uh, pulled a slight upset and uh, get by them. Yeah, that was um, that was kind of a surprise to me as well, the low-scoring nature. Obviously, Marion wants to, to get out and go. Um, Marion's health, I think, is really key here. They, You know, you look at their record, and it's not the greatest record for a team going in semi-state, but... That they, was the case when they won it a few years ago, though, too. They were right around 500 in the regular season before yeah. turning it on. Yeah, and they, they missed a couple of key pieces, and Dre Aguilar and J.K. Thomas were out. Didn't really get healthy till the last month of the year, so I think the Marion you've seen over the last five weeks or so um, is the real Marion Giants team, and, and that's going to be a uh, key for them uh, going forward. At Greencastle, the uh, regional down there, Beach Grove, taking care of the host of Greencastle, 52-37 to in the first game. Attics, 27-point uh, winners, 88-61 to over Owen Valley in the second semifinal. And then Crispus Attics uh, winning another regional, 68-63 to over Beach Grove in the evening. Yeah, that Beach Grove-Greencastle game, their score really surprised me, Shark. I thought Greencastle had enough to, to beat Beach Grove and to see them win by 15 would surprise me. Yeah, and then you look at uh, a Crispus Attics team that obviously wants to get out and go. They score 88 in their uh, semifinal game. Um, thought they might just have too much of a quickness and athleticism advantage against Beach Grove. Uh, the Hornets, though, hang, hang with Attics, uh, but ultimately uh, not enough. I know Sincere McMahon, the junior guard for Attics, had a big weekend out in Castle. Yeah, big game for McMahon in the uh, championship. And he's a he's a big key to Attics because they need that outside shooting dimension. He's been up and down all year from the outside, but when he's really shooting well, that takes Addicts from a good team to a great team makes them dangerous going forward here, Shark. And then the other 3A regional at Southridge, Princeton in overtime over Batesville, 53 to 43. And then Silver Creek takes out Evansville Memorial, 79 to 50. Um, Silver Creek goes on to defeat Princeton, 67 to 58 in the title game. Yeah, I was uh, surprised that Batesville took Princeton to uh, overtime there, Shark. But then uh, Silver Creek with a nice matchup against Princeton. Princeton's got a ton of size. Uh, 
lot of seniors on that squad. For Silver Creek to get past them shows how good Silver Creek is. Yeah, and this is a Silver Creek team that's been tested all year long. Um, only three losses. I know they lost to Bloomington South and Jeffersonville for two of those three. Um, a really dynamic offensive team. It's averaging, I think, around 70 three to 75 somewhere in that range points per game just so many weapons yeah very um no one dominant player but it's hard to pick out somebody to focus on with that group because if you put too much attention on one player you know somebody else is going to hurt yeah trey kaufman the sophomore leading the way for silver creek but everybody else is right behind him zane gross cooper jacoby jack hawkins um, that whole group is pretty solid so let's go over these uh three i Three A semi-state matchup, sure. Okay, we have Culver and Marion up north uh, taking place at uh, Elkhart Northside Gym. I'm gonna go Culver in this matchup. I just think there's uh, they're just playing too well right now. I think you know Marion's second end of the season run is gonna get halted here by the defending three A's. Yeah, I mean we kind of talked about this off air that Culver's kind of the better version of Delta. Uh, Defensive-minded team with good wing scores, um, good athleticism across the board. Got some physicalness to them. Yeah, they take care of the ball. They know how to win. So Marion's seen this type of team before. I just don't think they quite have enough to get past Culver Academy with the way they're playing. Uh, It's been so tough down the stretch here. I have to go with uh, Culver Academy. So we're both on the uh, Culver train here. Then the Southern 3A semi-state taking place at Seymour, Attics, and Silver Creek. Uh, should be a fun match between two teams that really want to get out and run and put points on the field. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to Silver Creek's ability to handle fresh start. I don't know if these guards have seen anything quite like you know, Harold Bennett, Harassinem, uh, Tyron Lewis, and that whole group of addicts guards that really get after people. If they can handle the ball and handle the pressure, then in a half-court setting, I think Silver Creek has a good advantage. But if it gets up and down and addicts is turning them over, I give a big advantage to Addicts. Yeah, I'm going to take Silver Creek in this matchup. I think their balance is uh, the key for me here. Um, Addicts has really two guys who do the majority of their scoring in Harold Bennett and Sincere McMahon. Uh, they get Jaquan Edwards going a little bit on the interior, but if you can slow down just one of those two guards, um, I think that bodes very well for Silver Creek. I think Trey Kaufman's going to be big in this game. He's going to have a size advantage um, inside. Can he control the glass? Can he limit Addicts to one shot? Can he maybe turn away a few layup attempts um, and force Addicts to start firing from the perimeter? So. Uh, I'm going to take the Dragons in this one. And I'm going to go with Addicts. I do think they're going to turn them over enough to get some easy bounces, um, getting out in transition a little bit more than usual. And I think Addicts is going to have enough to get by them, Sharp. So those are our 3A picks. Moving on to Class 2A, the North Judson Regional. Andrean, uh, tight winners by one on a late free throw over Marquette Catholic. A little bit of controversy in that game. And Westview taking care of Bluffton. 62 to 48. Uh, Andrean wins a slight upset, 60 to 49 over Westview in the title game. Yeah, I was there for the morning. Shark, uh, big comeback by Marquette. They were down 12 entering the fourth quarter. Uh, Jake Tarnow had a huge fourth quarter for Marquette. He scored 10 in the quarter, bringing them all the way back. They actually took the lead on a late three by Colin Kenny. I believe it was 67-66 at that point. Uh, but then Andrean answered right back. John Crothers, the senior for Andrean. Had a huge game. He took it right to the bucket to give the lead right back to Andrean. Final possession after Andrean, uh, or after Marquette tied it up. Uh, Kyle Ross gets a great look at the basket. He misses it. Loose ball scramble. Nick Fletcher uh, picks it up. 
Colin Kinney runs into him. They call a foul with one second left. Flesher hits that first shot for a first free throw, um, then misses the second on purpose. Didn't look like the ball hit the rim. Ref said it did, so uh, Marquette got the rebound and had to fire it full court. It was off the mark, and, and Drain won by one there, Shark behind Crothers and Kyle Ross. And Eric Kendrick came off the bench, had a big game. I think he had eight points, nine rebounds, somewhere in that range, so. Really fun game. These two teams really know each other well, and you can tell. Uh, but very competitive, fun game there, Shark. Yeah, and then Andrean taking down Westview in the evening. I know uh, Westview had a deal with some bouts of food poisoning for some of their players, but it didn't look uh, like their main three of Charlie Yoder, Elijah Hales, and Nick Renberger were affected. Uh, they just ran into an Andrean team uh, that was kind of hitting on all cylinders right now. Yeah, and Andrean got some big buckets from uh, some couple sophomores that aren't used to scoring in time. Deshaun Burnett had a big game, um, and then another sophomore, I think, uh, came up big late for him. But when you get that that production from people you don't expect, I mean, that gives you a huge boost to the postseason. Uh, Kyle Ross was big again in the uh, final. He had double-doubles in both games. So definitely surprising. I thought Westview would have enough to uh, beat him, but uh, Andrean gets it done there, Shark. The Lapel Regional, the other regional in 2A North, Franked in a three-point winner, 57-54 for Wabash, and then Covington takes out Alexandria, 77-64. Uh, the surprise for me was in the championship game, not necessarily the winner, but the margin of victory. A 20-point win for Frankton, 73-53 to over Covington. I thought Covington would be able to keep it a little bit closer. Yeah, that's true, but we really did think uh, the winner of the Frankton-Wabash game was going to have a huge advantage there. Uh, Wabash had a great year, took Frankton down to the wire, but uh, Caden Key, Ryland Detling, that group of seniors for Frankton gets it done again, Shark. Yep, so that's uh, to a north, the Greenfield Regional, northeastern, kind of a slight upset over Monrovia in the first semifinal, 58-54, to and then Shenandoah beating Heritage Christian, 62-55 to in the second semifinal. Then at night, Shenandoah, 42-37 winners over East Northeastern. Really physical game there, uh, but the Raiders coming out on top in green. Yeah, it seemed like great games all around and in uh, all three spots there, Shark. I thought Heritage Christian was going to have enough to get by Shenandoah with uh, Andrew Williams and Harrison Eckel, but uh, Shenandoah gets it done again. Yeah, the Raiders 26-1 and on the year now. Their only loss was in double overtime to New Pal, a team that was six points away from winning a 4A regional. Um, I was at that Shenandoah Northeastern game Saturday night. The Raiders were kind of all out of sorts in the first half. They trailed by three at halftime, had missed a bunch of layout layups, and then Peyton Starks, their junior forward, really the only front court player they have, and he's only about 6'1", scores the first nine for them in the third quarter uh, to really give them a shot in the arm and just kind of steady them a little bit. Uh, once they took the lead, uh, they kept it the rest of the way. Um, so Dave McCullough's group, a bunch of sophomore guards there that are really fun to watch um, get it done in Greenfield. And then uh, some great games down at Paoli. Um, Linton Stockton, a come-from-behind winner over uh, host Paoli, 72-71 to 71 on a late bucket. Tell City taking out Southwestern Hanover, who had been number one for most of the year in 2A, 54-46. Uh, and then Linton Stockton, a 45-36 to 36 winner over Tell City in the championship game. Yeah, I think it was a... Uh... A bit of a surprise that North or Southwestern lost to Tell City, but with Braden Beard, Tell City had really been playing well of late, so not a huge surprise there. And what Lenton Stockton came from what eighteen behind against Paoli? Seventeen or eighteen, yeah. So they get it done. Uh, that seemed like a low-scoring final there, Shark. Lenton Stockton getting by. 
Yeah, this was one of the better regionals in the in the state. All every team in there, all four had won uh, twenty games on the year. Uh, Southwestern only one loss heading into the regional. You said Braden Beard and crew, the marksmen, taking down them out in the uh, second semifinal. Uh, but Lincoln Hale and company too much in the championship games. So let's go ahead with our two way picks here. Andrean and Frankton uh, up north. That game's going to be at Lafayette Jeff on Saturday. Obviously, like both teams here, but I think Andrean's size advantage is going to play a big factor here. Um, I'm going to give the to Andrean. I think Kyle Ross is going to have a big game, and uh, they're going to get by KT and the company there. Sure. I'm going to go with the 59ers as well. Like you said, the size. Um, Frankton really plays four guards around Ryland Detling. Uh, Detling's not a big physical post. Um, he's somebody who you know uses angles and quickness. He's got good height, but not the not the strongest interior player. So I think the size advantage for Andre in there. And then uh, the Southern two A semi state at uh, Seymour Shenandoah and Linton Stockton should be a really good game. I'll go with Shenandoah in this one. Um, I think their balance is going to be a little bit too much for. Uh, Linton Stockton, I think Andrew Bennett and company are going to have enough to uh, get by him there, Shark. I'm going to take uh, Linton Stockton in this matchup. I think you know the one thing that Shenandoah um, could run into is they really don't have anybody that's over six foot six one that plays. Uh, Linton Stockton, a bigger, more physical team. Um, Lincoln Hale, Kip Fugarasi, uh, that group, and Joey Hart's been to the state finals before. He's a really good coach. So I'm going to take the Miners in this one. Uh, you trying to apply Dave McCullough's not a good coach? Sir. No, no, but. Joey Hart's uh, been to the state finals before. He's tested with this Lynn Stockton group. Should be, a, like you said, a fantastic coaching matchup. Two guys that have won wherever they've been. Moving down to 1A uh, at Triton, Argos defeating Covenant Christian 53-34. And then Fort Wayne Blackhawk, a 65-57 winner over Gary 21st Century. Um we kind of thought that whoever won that second game was going to have a big advantage, and that turned out to be right as Blackhawk dispatches Argos 77-39 to in the championship at Triton. Yeah, and I kind of put Blackhawk on upset alert with those just the destroying of their opponents in sectional. Thought they might get a little loose. Uh, mindset might not be great, but uh, they had enough to get by Gary 21st century, and uh, it seemed like it was a close game throughout their Shark. I think six points pretty much the whole way. Yeah, and, you know, Gary, 21st century with John L. Davis, um, definitely talented enough to have pulled that up, so I don't think there was anything crazy about saying Gary, 21st, could have gotten them, but uh, both of those teams, I think, were the clear-cut two best, uh, so whoever came out of there in the night game was going to have a big advantage. Blackhawk with Caleb Purst, Frankie Davidson, Zane Burke, and crew, uh, just too much for Argo. At Frankfurt, the other 1A North Regional, North Vermillion, a 59-53 to 53 went over Southern Wells and Lafayette Central Catholic. 65-43 over Randolph Southern. Uh, the night game turned into the second blowout of 1A Regional so far with the Central Catholic Knights 80, North Million Falcons 43. Uh, Central Catholic behind Carson Barrett and crew moving on to semi-state. Yeah, it looks like LCC is just rolling over the competition here in the postseason, Shark. Multiple 30, 40-point wins here in the postseason. It's going to be interesting to see them going forward. Kind of like what I said about Blackhawk. Are they ready for that close game, and how do they react when you get a little tougher competition here? Yeah, I think one thing that's key for me is I know both these teams play really difficult schedules. You know, Fort Wayne Blackhawk plays a ton of those SAC schools that are 3A and 4A. Um, they're obviously very well tested. Central Catholic, um, not a play 
afraid to play anybody. They play, you know, the Lafayette schools and a few other um, large schools from around that area. So it's not that these teams are destroying 1A competition. They've tested themselves and been successful against good 4A teams as well. So uh, the first 1A South Regional at Martinsville, Greenwood Christian eliminates defending 1A champion Morristown 65 to 55 and then Bloomfield over Indy Met 49 to 43 close one in the title game but the Cardinals of Bloomfield emerge 52 to 50 winners over Greenwood Christian yeah this one seemed like it was all over the place shark I think we both thought Morristown and Indy Met had great chance to win their games and then it ends up being the opposite of that Bloomfield against Greenwood Christian Greenwood Christian really, really played well down the stretch to win that sectional and then almost win the regional too. So good coaching job by Johnny Marlin to get them better as the season went on. But Bluefield gets it done here, Shark. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I thought the athleticism of Indy Met um, size would be a little too much for Bloomfield, uh, but they handled that. And then, uh, like you said, take out Greenwood Christian in the title game. Um, they went to state three years ago, so they've advanced deep in the postseason before. Um, so the Cardinals moving on from that one. And then Lagodi, the last 1A regional. Lanesville, 55-46 over West Washington. Then Bar-Reeve uh, escapes an upset-minded Evansville Day squad, um, scoring the last six of the game, 48 48- 41 over Evansville Day. And then uh, kind of an easier game for the Vikings at night. They defeat Lanesville 69-36. to Yeah, it was a little bit closer than we thought for uh, Bar Reeve. We thought they were going to kind of roll through this one. Uh, Noah Hopeman had a big game for Day. Um, kept that one close, but kind of as we expected, Bar Reeve was the team to beat, and they mm-hmm. uh, they got it done there, Shark. So 1A, we have Fort Wayne Blackhawk and Central Catholic taking place at Elkhart Northside. Uh, Jim on Saturday. Um, who do you like in this one, Trevor? Uh, I think we could almost rename this the uh, 1A title game. Can we do that, Trevor? Because this is going to be... Uh, Make this sure this podcast gets sent to Bar River Bloomfield. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, but these two teams are the most talented two teams and most well-tested teams as well there, Sharks. But uh, got to go with Blackhawk. Caleb first, the size advantage is going to be huge. David, or Frankie Davidson is a fantastic player. I think he's averaging like 22-11 and 11 on the season going to the University of Indianapolis. So that one-two punch, I think, is going to be enough to get Blackhawk by LCC. And it'll be interesting to see for me to see what Blackhawk decides to do and how they guard Carson Barrett because he's really the engine um, that makes Central Catholic go, who they put on him, how they decide to defend him because um, he's really the one who gets everybody's shots there. Um, but I think, like you said, Blackhawk Christian just a little bit too much. Frankie Davidson, a great senior year, and then Caleb Hurst really making a statement at that to be one of the best sophomores, if not the best sophomore in the state with his play this year. I think the Braves take it as well. All right, let's talk about the uh, South 1A there, Shark. South 1A taking place at Washington. Uh, Bar Reeve, basically a home game, about 10 minutes east of Washington. The Vikings taking on Bloomfield. Um, game that was played just a few weeks ago uh, towards the end of the regular season uh, with Bar Reeve winning by eight. Uh, I think that... The Vikings will get it done again, um, taking out Bloomfield for a second time this year, um, going back to state. Yeah, I got to agree there, Shark. Uh, Keegan O'Neill, Gabe Gladish, that one-two punch at the uh, 1A level, really tough to stop. Throw in the uh, slight 
home court advantage, I would say. Uh, I think they're going to have a great crowd there as normal still. So, yeah, I give Barre the uh, the advantage there, Shark. So those are our picks for uh, all eight semi-state sites here. Should be a, a great day of basketball across the state. Trevor, where are you going to be headed uh, this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go up to Elkhart, see uh, Blackhawk uh, against LCC, and then Marion against Culver Academy. Should be a great chance to see individual talent and should be pretty two pretty good games. Yeah, I'll be heading down to Seymour for the South 2A and 3A semi-state. Shenandoah and Lytton Stockton at 1 o'clock, and then at 3 o'clock uh, should be a great game with Addicts and Silver Creek as well. All right, that will wrap up our uh, semi-state preview. Thanks once again uh, for joining me there, Shark. Hey, always a pleasure, Trevor. All right, we'll talk to you soon.